we often give God praise for all of the animals and all the different flowers and fauna, but how about all the instruments that we have and are able to know him more through? It's such a gift to have all of the different instruments. And so today we're going to be, I'm going to be reading from uh, Isaiah 9 and then also Luke. I'm going to uh, start our time together by reading those. I'm actually going to be reading the NIV in the Isaiah portion today. It will be on the screen for you. Um, This Advent, we have been exploring facets of Christ's incarnation, the reality of what it means for us that Jesus was fully human and also fully God. We explored Jesus in the beginning and how he was foretold before he came, and now we come to his birth. So we begin with Isaiah 9, verse 1. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled in the the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest. As warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them. The bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. From that time on and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Now, well-known words from Luke. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth and Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude, a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace among those whom he favors. The word of the Lord. 
All week long, I've been thinking about the nativity prayer that we sing each week during Advent. It is a beautiful tradition that every Sunday, these are the words that we directly say to God. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in, be born in us today. These are words that have been following me all week, probably because today we focus on what it means that Jesus was born, that God becomes one of us and enters the world just like we do. Humanity wasn't expecting God to show up as a baby, a baby, imagine it. The savior of the world is a helpless infant dependent on his family to care for him, just like every other baby that has been born. And as we sing these words, we're asking God to come and meet us where we are. In our prayers, we look to him for help and comfort and truth. But simultaneous, we notice here that we ask that he would remove our sin. Only God can do that. Please, Lord, we ask, take away the stain of our sinful actions, as well as how we have wronged you by our inaction. This is a prayer of asking God to change us. Then we come to the line that I keep singing in my head, be born in us today. And we say, Jesus, as you take our sin, please be born in us. And this is a prayer of humility before a majestic God. We acknowledge the cradle as we bow before the risen king and say, Lord, deliver us. You were born for us. Come again and live in us. Bring new life. To our weariness, Lord, we are weary of living in this world and the things that we face and see. You see, these aren't just words that we sing that don't mean anything. They're not like dashing through the snow. These are words which are inviting God's provision in fresh ways in our hearts. Lord, be born in us today. Last week, we were also in Isaiah, and we talked about how the prophet had told the king to trust in the Lord, that there were forces encircling him, and Isaiah told him, don't make an alliance with a big uh, country for protection, because that big country is going to swallow you whole. And the king didn't listen, and the people were dragged along, having to live with the consequences of how the king ignored the Lord's leading And so Isaiah says the people walked in darkness, but soon they are going to see a light. God is going to shine through a new king that is going to come. God shines through prophets and kings who listen and people. There is a desire here for the lowly to know God and to know that he cares, that he pays attention to their plights and he knows that they are burdened by life. As we read this, we know this was exactly the same thing that Jesus's people in his time faced it is what we ourselves face what people who don't live in the light need is to know that god has come the shepherds are dazzled by how the heavens are lit up how the heavenly hosts illuminate the darkness hope has been born a son given to bring god's salvation In both of our readings, we see how this babe will bring peace. 
that the child will rise up and lead in every sphere, not just spiritual, that he will be Lord over all the governments and thrones. The angel declares peace, and the shepherds soon will go see the one whose peace will permeate our world. But there is tension there. And there is tension with us because we know that while the world does not change on the outside, God's hope, which was given for everyone through his son, never dies, never dims. God's hope will sustain his people through every kind of difficulty imaginable and will remain a constant presence and will surge in times that we most need him. We have a Savior who has come in the flesh, and our hope is more real than any worldly event that seems so important at the time, but then fades away until the next one comes to take its place. The darkness is still around us, but the light has dawned, and hope does not disappoint, and we can choose to live in his constant warmth and truth. Have you ever stopped to think about how life-giving it is for us when people show up? Birthdays, graduations, funerals, weddings, we get recognized at a job, we've won an award, we're playing music in a performance, we're playing in a game, and we're so pleased when people come to be part of it. We're in the hospital, someone shows up with flowers, and we want to share the incredible and the sacred and the painful with those who love us and are important to us. And sometimes when we walk through the door, it can overwhelm us and we say, you're here. You came. Oh, I'm so pleased to see you. Then there are other kind of moments when showing up matters in a different way. I remember when Mark and I were newly married. We were living on Upper Ariaga, and we had an awful fight. And I stormed off and went outside. Fairly certain I was right about whatever it was we were fighting about that I can't remember anymore that was so important at the time. And I wondered if we should really be married or if we were going to make it or how it was that these two incredibly strong-willed people uh, could do it. And I was out there for a while determined that I was going to stand my ground and was surprised when Mark was all of a sudden in front of me. And he said, of course I'm here. I love you. That's what God does for us. God finds us. He wanted to come in an unmistakable kind of way to show us that in all that we experience, that he is here for us, cheering and celebrating and beside us when we cry our eyes out and don't know what to do. And when we think we are far from him and our sin and our fear and our anger and our brokenness, not sure that we want to keep this relationship with him or his church full of our own pride, he shows up. And his love shines through every circumstance, and then he brings new life to us, and he is born again in us, and again, and again. What we celebrate in Advent is how Jesus saw a world that was in need and came to help, to love, and to save, and remind us in such a physical, real way how he is always with us, and how his coming brings change. See, we pray every day for him to change something in our life that we want, a circumstance, a healing, a person, Because we know that talking to him changes things and changes our world. But how he often does that is by changing us. He meets us in our longing and our despair and fills us with his life. And whatever happens to us, we know he is a constant. His hope steadily comes before us and comes alongside us. And then we say, Lord, you came. 
And he says, of course I did. I love you. You have heard testimonies today of how God works. You know yourself in your own life how God works and brings new life. Today, as we close the service, I just want to open the altars and offer this as a time for you to come and to pray and invite you if you need God to come and bring new life to you. Because I know that there are ways that he is asking you to change. I know that there are ways that he's been speaking to you, offering hope to you in places where you've been afraid or broken. Maybe you want to come and pray for someone else who needs to know that the light has dawned in the darkness for someone who doesn't know. The silent word pleads with us, as we sang earlier. The silent word, Jesus, pleads with us and asks us to draw near to him as he has drawn near to us. So let us rejoice in the God who always brings timely and welcome news to people who are worn down and in need of grace. God helps his people again and again and offers us this hope when we are far from him. This is what Christmas is about. So let us draw close to our loving Savior who came himself to be our answer. And let us pray again that God would be born in us. There will be pastors available to pray with you, or you can just pray silently by yourself. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about the Free Methodist Church of Santa Barbara, you can visit us online at fmcsb.org. We pray this message has been a blessing to you.